In today's episode, we go into detail on the upcoming Autumn Oaks with Director of Hunting Ops, Alan Gingrich. We look forward to seeing you at the event where history is made. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coonhounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the UKC Hunting Ops podcast. I'm the Coonhound Program Manager here at UKC, Trevor Wade, and I'm joined today with our Director of Hunting Ops, Alan Gingrich. Alan, how are you doing today? Good. Good to be here again. Good. We're going to talk a little bit about Autumn Oaks again today, this yeah. coming event this year, though. Yeah. 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 Before we do, our uh, running season came in up here in Michigan. You've been running a little bit again. Yeah, I've, I've probably hunted most nights since it opened up. It got rained out a couple of times, but we could sure use the rain, but... I went last night for a couple of drops. I was kind of regretting it this morning, but I think I pulled it together by our, our taping here. Yeah. But, but old, we had a good, it, it's still so dry out, but we're just, tree and coons, they're yeah, moving for yeah. sure. Old Hank looking good. He is. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been doing a really good job in the, in the little black pup that I call Chipper. He's now, he's six for six so far since it came back in. There you go. He he's, ready. Make, he's ready to put in a hunt. <laughs> he doesn't make a ton of trees still yet, but uh, yeah. if he does, I, I think he's just a confidence thing and that's good. He's not missing at all. Yeah. And finding them this time of year. But, you know, we talked a little bit about thermals uh, way back in the first episode and talking about rule proposals and now using it quite a bit with uh, with the foliage on the trees. Those things, I found two coons that I wouldn't have found otherwise. Really? So I can honestly say that now. So one of them was last night. Oh, yeah. Searched a tree over pretty good and just backed up. Uh, obviously, I was on Hank's tree and he was just red hot. Obviously ran a track through there about six or 700 yards, I think, and fell treed. And it was a good running track, and I got in there, and the coon was just lit up like a Christmas tree up there in the thermal. And then I was able to back up and and eventually see the coon with yeah. my own eyes. So, yeah, well, that's good. Have have you uh, have you are you trusting it? You're not looking elsewhere if you can't find it where it shows, or it's kind of hard to get into that mindset for me. Yeah, um, you know, anybody who's hunted for a long time kind of has mastered the craft of looking for coons in trees. I feel like, especially this time of year, going in with a low light. And I still get in that, you know, I want to go in with the thermal and really test it, but I still find myself going in with yeah. a low, a low red light and kind of sneaking around the tree a little bit and trying to catch a, an eye before I pull yeah. it out. But kind of like hunting for mushrooms, you got to have an eye for it. Yeah. Oftentimes when you go out with newbies, they just never can find the eyeballs, you know, but it, it's a little bit of an art. It's, you develop it over time. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, if I go, like when we went squirrel hunting, I'm worthless finding squirrels in a tree. Yeah. So. They, they have their tricks and you kind of learn where to look for them and, and they're kind of uh, what they do in a tree, like a tree, yeah. a squirrel hugging a tree and yeah. kind of maneuvering around it as you move around. And, you know, most of the time when you hunt squirrels, that's when the leaves are off and yeah. everything's bare, but there it's amazing how hard it is to find those guys. Very hard. Very hard. Yeah. So what let's about get you? into it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, talk a little bit about. Uh, Don't ask me about hunting because I haven't <laughs> been here in the last week, so. Well, it's been a little bit busy. I'll give that to you. <laughs> I know you still have a UP trip coming up soon, so that'll oh, be yeah. good for you. But yep. Something to look forward to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another thing to look forward to is the upcoming Autumn Oaks, the yep. 63rd edition of Autumn Oaks here for UKC. 
Um, it's coming up here on uh, Labor Day weekend, as usual. Uh, the festivities will get kicked off on Tuesday with our warm-up slam, which we'll get into the whole slam series later on, and it'll culminate on that Sunday with our award ceremony at 9 a.m. Um, obviously, it's going to be in Richmond, Indiana, at the Wayne County Fairgrounds, as usual, where it's been since 1992. And uh, and this year, we're taking our pre-entries, and the entry to to get or the deadline to get in there is going to be August 12th this year. So we do have a couple couple little slight changes that uh, our participants will want to uh, know about, and I'm sure we're probably going to mention those and talk about those today. Yep. So uh, hopefully everybody will listen close to all the little details we'll talk about. Yeah, we oftentimes put out an FAQ, but this is going to be even better because instead of reading it, you can actually hear us talk about it and, and hopefully iron out some of the misconceptions about the event. Yeah, hopefully somebody can use this on the way to Autumn Oaks this year in their travels and maybe dial it up and listen to it. and Yeah. Get them a bunch of information before they get there. And if I'm not mistaken, the air date is going to come right before the uh, entry deadline. So maybe it's a last second reminder for some people to get entered, save yourself some money, and ensure you're going to get to compete that weekend. There you go. So I guess the first thing to start out with is uh, the lodging there at Autumn Oaks. It's uh, something that we probably feel the most calls about during the uh, time leading up to it. The biggest thing is the campers. Um, that Sunday, you'll you'll start having people roll in the Sunday before Autumn Oaks to get there and get campered. But uh up until the Thursday, Wayne County Coonhunter Association actually handles the fee there at the gate. And I talked to uh, our club contact there, Rodney McCracken, just a couple uh, weeks ago, and they will be charging $30 a night uh, for camping Sunday through Wednesday night. I think that's what it's been probably it for is. a while. Now. It is, yeah. So there's no need to call uh, Wayne County Fairgrounds. There's no reservations. It's cut first come, first serve. That's a good point. Matter of fact, don't call the Wayne County Fairgrounds. They have nothing to do with it. You're just going to show up. If you have a camper, you're going to show up and they'll, I think they open the gates at noon on Sunday Yeah, and they won't let anybody in until then. Up until that point, they kind of line up, you know, and then, and it's kind of first come first serve in terms of a, a spot that you want to uh, set up your camper. Yeah. And I think most people that have been to Autumn Oaks a few times kind of knows the layout of it and where our vendor spots are and where our food vendor spots are. And we're going to uh, try to get those taped off, but please don't mess with the tape at all or go into spots because you know we're going to have to have you move and it's just going to be a hassle for everyone involved. That's a good point. seems like every year we go down there and we have to move somebody, so they should be very aware of of those, not to not to go into those taped-off areas. Yeah. Another thing we might want to point out is there's folks that bring their campers down. They just want to have a good spot, and then they leave, and that's perfectly fine, but they should know that they will be charged if they're using up a camper space, regardless of whether they're there or not. Yep, that's right. And and obviously there's a bunch of people there who aren't camping as well, right? Yeah, and now that only applies uh, Sunday through Wednesday. Right. After Wednesday, so Thursday on, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, uh, there is no more charge for camping at Autumn Oaks. That's right. That's right. And there's, there's, there's all kinds of spots available there. Uh, that's a big fairgrounds, a lot of parking and a lot of spots, especially you know, primitive camping sites, but, uh, lots of opportunities for there. But if you don't get in there at Autumn Oaks, there's obvi- there's some also some campgrounds there in the immediate area. Uh, on our event ad, we have a few listed. Uh, Grandpa's RV Park is one that I saw listed on there. The Deer Ridge it's Camping Grandpa's Resort. Farm RV Park. <laughs> uh, the Deer Ridge Camping Resort. And probably the one that I hear people talk about the most is the KOA Campground. They're just local to Richmond. Yeah, I'm not sure where all of those are, but I'm sure if you Google it, they can find it pretty quickly. So, yeah, there's several of them right around there, the Richmond area. Yeah. 
know, and in, in Richmond itself, you have a plethora of hotel options if you're not into the camping thing to choose from. There are quite a few, and the town of Richmond is going to be about 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes up the road from the fairgrounds, just down uh, I-70, uh, and all those hotels are there together, uh, but they book up quick. Yeah. There's a lot of folks utilizing those uh, those hotels, so you'll want to get your hotel room uh, booked well in advance. That's right. In in Richmond, I, I'm just curious since you since you came on board, have you seen like a bunch of new hotels open in that area, or is it kind of? There's several. I'm going to say there's at least two and maybe three in the last 15 years since I've been associated with it. Yeah, uh, we used to stay there. At, there's some, you know how they are. They change names. The quality used to be the Holiday Inn, I believe, when I first started going there. Uh, but there's there's some good ones there. The other thing there there's some hotels up there that are pet friendly, That's but right. not all of them. And I can't name them off the top of my head what ones that are, but I think if you go online or even if you look in our, our ads, it may or may not tell you that they're pet friendly. If not, just go look online. No, yeah, that's a good point. I actually had it here to address that in the in our event ad. It's going to tell you uh, local campsites, hotels, and also it notates which ones are pet friendly. But still worth giving them a call if you have any questions or anything like that. Get in touch with those hotels sooner rather than later because they do get booked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about uh, the event starting on Tuesday, the Slam Series event, something that's uh, kind of boomed off here the past few years. We're seeing a big uptick in the numbers, and uh, this is a series that's sponsored by Platinum Plus Recycling, Mr. Timmy Bolden there in Kentucky. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's the sponsor of it, and a couple of years ago he had called, and he wanted to do something, give back to the sport. I guess his, his work is going well, and he's, uh, you know, he's uh, the sport has done a lot for him, and he wanted to somehow give back, and he didn't really uh, care what it was, something, one of our events he wanted to donate to or get involved with. And we figured, uh, you know what, this is a good a good one for him. So he puts up $2,000 for these warm-up slams, like you said, that start on Tuesday. So we have one on Tuesday, uh, one on Wednesday, and then the third one on Thursday. Yep. And he adds out of those $2,000, there's $1,500 of it, uh, gets dispersed $500 added each night. And then the remaining 500 is for the dog that had the most cast wins uh, at those three events that week. Yeah. Austin Pretty good deal. Austin Lane and the uh, High Flying Donkey won it last year. They had three cast wins made in the final four each night and uh, had made some serious money that week leading up into Autumn Oaks. Yeah, he did, he did very well last year. Um, like you said, Tuesday night, the slam will be in Liberty, Indiana, just up the road at Hannes Creek Conservation Club. It's actually south of Richmond, about a half hour south of Richmond. Uh, on Wednesday and Thursday night, the events, the slams will be happening in Delaware County Coon Hunters in Selma. Yeah, and that's up towards Muncie. Now, that's kind of to the north of the fairgrounds there in Richmond, but that's going to be probably closer to 40 minutes from yeah. the fairgrounds. Yeah. North. And it looks like all, or for all three nights, it's a 9 p.m. deadline, uh, $35 entry fee, one-hour hunts. That is Eastern Standard Time. If you're coming from the Central Time Zone, be sure to account for that. Don't want to miss out on the deadline because of that. Yeah, just makes it easy for everybody to remember that everything has the same deadlines, 9 p.m. And enter right there on, at the at the grounds. Those were some really successful events last year. I think we broke records on each night, 82 on Tuesday night, uh, up in the 120s on, on Wednesday and then Thursday with the dual championship going on it uh, fell off a little bit to 108, but still a really high marks for events that week. And you start adding in that entry fee money with the added person. That's some really good payouts on those three nights. Um, I think I have the number for the splits each night right here available to us. 
on Tuesday night. Uh, 370 is what the final four split. Uh, Wednesday, uh, over 500 bucks, the, the final four split. And on Thursday, 475 each. So some pretty good paydays for people attending those events. Yeah, that's pretty good. So far, I don't remember they ever have uh, that they've ever hunted it off. But most of the time, they just split it. And that's a good little uh, little bit of good change to have in your pocket for the week of Autumn Oaks, for sure. Yeah, yeah kind of how, how the payout works there for anybody that's interested in going and entering. It's just just a slam event. So it's a $35 entry fee. If you win your cat, if you're a plus point cast winner, you're going to get 35, you're going to get your entry fee back $35. Uh, the top four high scoring cast winners of that night will advance to the final four. Uh, in most cases they split, but they have the option to hunt off if they want to. Um, and then that's where, that's where the added purse money will go and the rest of the pot that's accumulated from the entry fee money. Right. Oh, let's see here. And then, like you said, the overall slam series winner uh, from the three nights, the dog with the most plus point cast wins. If there were to be a tie, we'd go by point score. And there's different tiebreakers. And we'll award that person on Friday during the opening ceremonies at Autumn Oaks. A little extra recognition, and you'll get yourself uh, some more spending money. Yeah, and these slams uh, give guys the opportunity to get their dogs acclimated to the area and just warmed up for the week and something to do, if nothing else, you know. But it's a good little deal. Yeah, people And are everybody there. benefits from it. Those local clubs, those surrounding clubs putting these on, they also help us put dogs in the woods, you know, on Friday and Saturday. So, it's good to just everybody benefits clubs, right. the participants, everybody. That's right. Yeah, shifting gears into a Thursday night um, when we get into our national dual championship, the first leg of it, the hunt portion of it, and that'll be actually there in the Coleman Center at the Wayne County Fairgrounds. And this is the fifth year already. That's hard to believe. Seems just like two or three years ago we started this, but it's been to be the fifth year for it already. This is a this is a deal that Kalot sponsors, right? They've been on it for at least three or four years now. And they did right from the get go, right? Very, yeah, the they, very yeah. first one, yeah. Okay. So we really appreciate all their sponsorship. Uh, uh, they give seven seven lights for us for that event. And so each one of the eventual breed winners is going to get a light from Kalot. And we actually have quite a few entries rolling in for the national dual championship, and it makes sense because this is the one event that's actually capped for the week. The, the week of autumn oaks we cap it at 100 dogs uh it's limited to dogs who have at least a night champion degree in the hunt and a show champion degree in the in the show and uh we'll you'll, you'll have to have both those titles on the dog's record whenever you enter in yeah. order to be in one of the things we get a lot as far as like a dual title dog we get the question a lot does the htx title count for one of those and the answer is no for a water race or a field trial title no it must be a night champion a minimum of a night champion title and the minimum of a bench show champion title. Yeah. And, and obviously it can be grands as well. Yeah. And this one usually almost fills up by the entry deadline, but we do have the availability if there is spots open where on that Thursday, whenever we're, it looks like we're confirming entries from five to six there in the Coleman Center. If there are spots available, then we will be taking some walk-ups, uh, first come, first serve, until the event fills to 100, 100 entry capacity. Yeah, but I would not bet on that. That's a dangerous game. If you're wanting to hunt, you better get pre-entered. Because, like I said, there's already a lot of people uh, entering into this event. Uh, A little bit more about the National Dual Championship. Uh, It's an hour-and-a-half hunt, a $40 pre-entry if you were to walk up. If if spots are available, it's $60 at that point. But uh, for the hunt portion of it, we're going to be separating the dogs into their seven breeds, respective breeds, and drawing them out to cast to compete only against their breed first, right? That's kind of unique for this event, and it's yeah. it's kind of cool. It is. It worked out well, really. You know, so, yeah, um, you hunt against your – in round one there on Thursday night, you go out and hunt against your own breed only. Yep. 
regardless of the dog's age, the sex, or the category of title that they've achieved. You're just gonna the the breed is the only limiting factor there. You're just gonna hunt against dogs of mm-hmm. your own breed. And then the plus point cast winners from uh, the Thursday night there in the dual championship are going to advance to the show portion of the event on Friday. That's correct. They advance on on Friday. One question we get with that, do you have to, does the same handler that handled the dog in the night hunt, does that person also have to handle the dog in the show? And the answer to that is no, they do not. It does not have to be the same handler for the hunt and the show. That's right. Yeah, so and it says here on, on our ad that the uh, the show will be starting uh, directly or immediately following the completion of the registered cast or 12 p.m., whichever one is later. The registered category in the show is what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. So it's generally right close to noon in that time area or in that time period. Um, but yeah, those that won their cast, uh, they should be over there in the cool or in the Raper Center where the show is happening well before that time just to... I'll make some periodic announcements of, about a, what the approximate time will be, but they want to make no sure need, they're there. No need to be there at 8 a.m. to confirm no. your entry. Just be at the ringside whenever it's the dual championship portion of the show. That's correct. They don't need to confirm anything. If they were a cast winner, they just simply need to be there. We know who they are, and if they're not there when they're called, they'll just be a no-show is what it amounts to. And not anything that we can do about that. So they'll want to be there for sure. One thing we probably need to notate a little bit is you're looking at the time of this show, 12 p.m. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit later about the night the night hunt portion of Autumn Oaks. We're going to be confirming night hunt entries from 12 to 2. Make plans if you're hunting in the Friday night hunt at Autumn Oaks to have somebody confirm your dog's entry or get entered ahead of time. I know it can be tough when you're over there showing. We'll be making periodic uh, announcements on the on the speakers, but make sure somebody confirms your entry or enters your dog in the hunt if you're wanting to compete that night. Yeah, because that time lapse, it might overlap there while uh, while they're in the show or showing over there. But uh, just get somebody over there to confirm your Friday hunt entry if, if yeah. that is the case. We always have someone rolling over at 2.15, sprinting over there. And yeah. Our deadlines are, we have hard deadlines and there's no exceptions for those, yeah. unfortunately. Um, and then getting into the show portion of it, you start there at noon, you're first going to show against dogs of your own breed. Again, age, sex, and category are not going to be considered at all. You're going to show against dogs of your own breed, and uh, one winner from each breed is going to be selected to compete for the for the overall title of the National Dual Champion. Yeah, and so far this year, this will be the fifth year so far we've had a different breed win the overall each year. Four That's different right. breed winners so far. I think we'll see a fifth one this year. Well, what are we lacking? We're lacking uh, Redbone. Uh, blue tick and english yeah those three yeah Yeah. there's some good ones out there yeah yeah you get out there and get you a cast win and you put yourself in the ball game um but uh and like we said k light sponsors this event if you win your braid you're going to get a k light and actually the the overall winner of the national dual championship gets a dog box as well if i'm not mistaken i think that's i think that's right Yeah. yeah a dog kennel so uh something to uh something to work for so um, another event that we have going on on Thursday is our confirmation show. So we need to talk about it as well. Uh, we probably aren't the, the two most knowledgeable people to talk about it, but we can at least tell you when to be there. Um, similar to the bench show, we're going to be, ta- you can pre-enter right now online on, on ukcdogs.com, get pre-entered for the confirmation show and for junior showmanship, which is also going on that day. Um, if you have more questions about how that works, you may give a call to the all breed department or get in the hunting ops department. We'll get you the right person to answer some of those questions for you. But, uh, on Thursday from 9 AM to 11 AM, they're going to be taking uh, walk up entries and confirming their pre entries, uh, getting everyone, their armband numbers and ready for the show to start at 1130. And that's in the, uh, 
the Tom Raper Center. It I, is. Yep. They've changed the name of it, but I, it's escaping me right now. So I may get in trouble for that later. But some I, local bank, I think, yeah. like First State Bank or something like that. Yes. They did change the name of it. Yeah. But anyone listening to this is going to know it by the Tom Raper Center. It'll be yeah. you'll you'll know where to go. Show building, <laughs> and the judges for that. I'm not familiar with either of them, but uh, Matthew Proctor and Karen Coleman are going to be judging the confirmation show. Yeah, and they come from the confirmation side. The All Breed uh, Department selects those two judges for that show on that day. Now that's a show that doesn't have the benches like we do on on Friday and Saturday. They judge and and everything on the on the ground, so or on the floor, so. It's a fun added wrinkle to the event. I think it came along just a past five or six years. And yeah. It's uh, something else for the for the people who just enjoy showing to do. It gives them a, another reason to be there and an extra opportunity to compete and, yeah. and for extra titles. And, and then they have accolades. the junior show as well. And I think that's the first class of the day. They start to kick it off with the junior portion of that uh, that show. You'd be kind of surprised by how good some of those junior handlers are. Oh, Put yeah. me to shame for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by the all-new Dogtra Pathfinder 2. Dogtra, the official GPS collar partner of UKC. So after Thursday's festivities, we kind of get into the, the main portion of Autumn Oaks and where you can earn the, the national titles, and that's going to be on our Friday, starting with our bench show early that morning. Um, there's kind of ample opportunity to get in, entered into the bench show and to confirm your entries. Aside from doing the pre-entries, uh, there on Wednesday, which is kind of a work day for our staff, uh, we'll have a, a lot of vendors coming in, a lot of moving parts. But also that evening from 3.30 to 5, we'll be confirming uh, confirmation and bench show entries as well as taking entries, walk-up entries at that time. That's Wednesday, and that's for all entries throughout the weekend, all categories. Yeah, all show and confirmation show. Mm -hmm. that's right. And then on uh, Thursday, Thursday morning before the confirmation show from 9 to 11, you're going to be there if you wanted to go ahead and pre-enter or wanted to walk up, enter, or confirm your entry, you can do it at that time. And then on Friday, uh, before we get started in, with the show at 9.30, from 8 to 9, they'll be taking uh, walk-up entries and confirming pre-entries as well. Uh, for our Friday show is going to start out with our registered portion of the show. And we'll before we get into our dual championship portion of the show, which we talked about probably around noon. Uh, this year, our judges are Lisa Bettingfield and Andy Emery. I know that you uh, are familiar with these two ladies. They've done a lot of women uh, winning in our circuit, and they've judged a lot of major shows. I know I've seen them all over the country the past three years as I've been traveling. Two good judges. Yeah, they are. And both of them had some pretty big assignments like this in the past, you know, so we think they'll do a very good job for us. And I'm looking forward to having them do it this year for sure. Makes sense to group them together because they're pretty pretty good friends, and it okay, kind of a uh, instead of losing one's entries one year and one the next, they kind of just offset each other, and that's a good way to group together judges, right? It is, it is, you know, because if if just one or the other was judging here, it'd kind of knock out the other one, anyways, you know. Right. So it kind of works. It worked out good to just pair them up together for this, for sure. And I know they're ecstatic. I've talked to both of them the past few weeks, and they're both really looking forward to the opportunity. I, I guess this is their first time judging on because I don't have that readily available in front of me, but I'm almost positive it is. Yeah, it might be. I was thinking Andy has before, but Andy's judged the World Show Winter Classic. Both yeah. of them have done Winter Classic before, and, and, and Andy's done a lot of other uh, show. I want to say she did Youth Nationals for us. I think that might have been one of the first ones we had her do for us, but yeah, she's yeah. done several. Yeah. So after the registered and dual portion there on Friday, on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., again, we're going to take uh, walk-up entries for the champion and grand champion portion of the bench show and also confirm pre-entries at that time. 
And in the middle, uh, after there at 930, once the show gets started up, uh, we'll have the champions first uh, with a little kids show in between, which is a non-licensed show uh, that the staff here judges. Um, and just to have some fun with the kids, give them a reason to get out there and get a medallion or a trophy or whatever uh, yeah. they have in place yeah. this year. So, yeah, that's Friday is just for all registered and those dual champions. And then Saturdays, the champions, kids show, and grand champions on Saturday. Right. And did you mention you had a, a judging schedule for Lisa and Andy? I do. Yep, for I the do weekend here? Yeah. Just be if, good. It'll be good to. Uh, this is also online. You can look it yep. up online. Um, where we have the show schedule uh, in the ad, Autumn Oaks ad, and it's listed in there as well. So, and that ad's also available in Coonhound Bloodlines issues as well. If you correct. have that, just pop correct. it open and it's right there. For correct. Uh, so on Friday, the, or the show is going to start at 930, and Lisa Bettingfield will be in ring one. Now we're talking about registered on Friday. So she's going to be judging American Black and Tans, the Leopards, and Blue Ticks, and English. And then she will also select the best male of show for the day. That's going to be Lisa Bettingfield in ring one. And Andy will be in ring two, and she will be judging registered plots, red bones, and treeing walkers. And then she will also select the best female of show for the day. Uh, and then, like we talked about, the dual championship show uh, that runs, uh, it will actually run immediately following those registered classes and there we will have lisa will stay in ring one and she will in the dual champion she will judge the black and tans leopards again blue ticks and english same as before and then andy will be in ring two judging duels uh plot hounds red bones tree walkers and then andy will select the overall dual champion in that class and then on saturday you want me to go ahead with the saturday yeah. schedule okay so. then saturday uh, it's going to flip-flop. The judges are going to flip uh, or uh, switch rings. Andy will be in ring one uh, for champions, and she will be judging black and tans, leopards, blue ticks, and English. And then she will also select the champion male winner for the day. Lisa will be in ring number two uh, judging champions, uh, plot hounds, red bones, and treeing walkers. And then she will select the champion female winner for the day. And then after the champions there, you mentioned the kids bench show. And then for the grand champion classes, uh, the judges will stay in their same rings. Andy will remain in ring one. And grands, she will be judging black and tans, leopards, blue ticks, and English. Lisa will be in ring two judging grand champion plot hounds, red bones, and treeing walkers. And then for the overall... Uh, Lisa Bettingfield will be selecting the National Grand Show Champion. She'll judge that class. And then Andy will uh, select the opposite sex winner. And we'll probably get into that, how that works here in a little bit. But uh, that's the rundown for the assi uh, judging assignments for the Friday and Saturday. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. So, uh, so talking a little bit about this show and how it differs from maybe other shows that you see at the local level scene or, or state championships even or breed championships is that at, at a show of this magnitude, uh, we have to kind of divvy up the champion and grand entries a little bit more than you're used to probably. A little bit different. The registered portion is exactly the same as you would see at the local level. Obviously, you'll see most of the classes will have dogs in most every class in every breed. So that's one of the differences you'll see there. But other than that, the format for it, the procedure is exactly the same. It's not until Saturday when we get into champions and grands 
where you'll see uh, we first, uh, the classes start out by breed. So in other words, you'll have all the champion males in one ring uh, and the champion females in another ring, but we'll start with all black and tan champion males together, same with the females, and then you know followed by your leopard hound males and then females. So one breed winner before they go into selecting the overall champion male and the overall champion female. And then the same process when it comes to the grand champion classes. So the grand champion males will first class will be the black and tans. They'll select a class winner and then so forth. And if you're a first time participant in this show, don't kind of don't get overwhelmed by what we're talking about here and the the number of dogs when you get there. It's going to be overly apparent whenever it's time for your dog to be in the ring. You will know there'll be announcements. There'll be usually a board with the number of entries. And obviously you'll be able to tell what dogs are in the ring at what time. And we have a detailed schedule available uh, so don't get overwhelmed with all the number of dogs and the different uh, details that we're talking about. It at, When you boil it down to it, it's a coonhound show and, and you'll know where to go. Yeah. One of the things that's that's a little different here is we have the two rings. So that means, you know, the first ring will have the black and tans, uh, starting with black and tans, uh, blue ticks, leopards, English, you know. But then ring number two will be running in conjunction with or simultaneously. And they'll start with the uh, the plot hounds. So black and tans, you know, if you have a black and tan or a plot, you will be first in your ring. So you'll just want to, it's about the only difference really. And the, uh, the special thing about the autumn Oak show, and it, it's different that you don't bring back the six category winners like you would in say winter classic or grand American to pick your overall winner. This is a show where, uh, obviously there's going to be best males at show, best female at show, champion male and champion female, but the grand winners are, uh, the standard at this show and the ones that we put the most emphasis on as far as uh, awarding uh, titles. It is. And this, this is where we award our national grand champion degree for the year. Every year we do that. And that comes in the grand champion class. So there they do up to that point. They, they end up with one breed winner. We talked about how they do first show in the first class is the, is for best of breed. So you will have your best uh, black and tan male, your best black and tan female, and followed uh, by the rest of the breeds like that. So you have one of each. So what happens is they will, after they've got all that, round number two, will they will now put those all seven male winners, breed winners, in one class, and they'll select one male winner, right? And then they will uh, also do the same thing for females. Now you're down to one male and one female. Grand. I'm talking about the grand champion classes. So now from these two dogs, this is where Lisa Bettingfield will select one of those, the male or the female, to be the national grand champion of Autumn Oaks. That will also obviously be your uh, grand champion winner for the day, so to speak. The only difference after that, and we don't know if she's going to pick a male or a female, depending on which sex she selects as the overall winner, the opposite sex. Will then the other dog will be the opposite sex winner overall? But the uh, the next class, whatever that sex is, let's say she selects a male to be the overall winner. That means all female breed winners will in fact come back into the ring for the final class of the day, and that's just to select the grand champion uh, opposite sex winner overall opposite sex. I guess so. Make sure you get yeah. the other judges' opinion, or for that. the for the champion, one. yeah, or right. the grand champion one. I'm sorry. So it's it's an impressive show. Uh, that that show usually culminates uh, probably around 
one o'clock, would you say? Noon to one o'clock on, on Saturday? Yeah, it's usually around that time. So usually. if you're strolling in, you can roll into uh, what they used to call the Tom Raper Center. It's now called the First Bank Expo Hall. Yeah. But uh, people will be familiar with where the show goes down and go in there and, and see those dogs crowned. And, yeah, and it's, folks, it's, that, folks that come to Autumn Oaks year after year, they kind of get used to what the setup looks like. But don't be surprised if uh, our setup crew changes it up a little bit this year. Uh, the Raper Center is going to be for the show only, won't do any part of the hunt in it. So I think they're going to open it up, probably have a lot more grading space and things like that in there for them. Some foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now I guess it's uh, time to dive into the weekend's uh, night hunt, uh, starting up on Friday night and into Saturday. Uh, one important thing that uh, we get a, a lot of calls about, and there seems to be some uh debate about or maybe people just flat don't know is that the autumn oaks is just one hunt one hunt ran over two nights and uh, this is the 63rd uh, edition of autumn oaks this is the 57th edition of where it's been one hunt ran over two nights yet there still seems to be some kind of misconception there uh, so uh, hopefully we can get that out there to the masses and let them know the the uh, how the hunt is ran I'm not sure why they did that, really. It's just different, and it, it, it is different. You yeah. know, it is one hunt ran over two nights, which means you can hunt uh, one dog, and you can hunt it either night of your choice, which technically means I can now handle two different dogs. I'll hunt one of mine on Friday and the other one on Saturday. That's right. It's an opportunity to bring two dogs with you and have two different opportunities to place in this singular hunt. Uh, just one note, one thing to keep in mind is if you have a grand night, you must hunt on Friday. If you're hunting a night champion or a registered dog, you have the option of Friday or Saturday night. That's correct. Um, so to talk about entering real quick, of course, the, the pre-entry deadline is August 12th, which we talked about earlier. Uh, so uh, the pre-entry fee is going to be 40 bucks. Uh, Walk-up entry fee is going to be 60 if you were to choose to do it there. And that's something new that we've done for Autumn Oaks just the past couple of years. Um, and it seems to be working well. Uh, one thing that we've not ran into yet, but it's a possibility as we see uh, kind of entry numbers grow a little bit post-COVID, post-shutdown times, um, is if we reach a cap where we can't put dogs in the woods, uh, those people that are walking up, uh, unfortunately, won't be able to hunt that night. Yeah, they'll be the first ones uh, that won't be able to get in if, if that does happen. You know, we all, we've always had a, what we called a wait list for Autumn Oaks, and we need that wait list. And I think it used to, the name itself, I think, scared some guys. Sure. If I'm on the wait list, I might not get to hunt. Well, since I've been here uh, almost 18 years, we've never not hunted. We've always hunted everybody on the wait list. It's not been a problem. Uh, but we have to have a wait list because of the way we uh with the way our procedure works for the hunt, we pre-draw everybody. So anybody that was entered in advance, we already do that draw at the UKC office before we go to Autumn Oaks. So there'll be some dogs that are no-shows. So let's just say, for instance, on cast number uh, one, I ha we have a dog that is a no-show. And that's why they have to come up and confirm to let us know that they are there and we know they are. And then after we've our confirmations are done, we'll go through each one of the scorecards and cross out any of our uh, any of our no shows. But that's what we need the wait list uh, entry then to fill up those no shows. Because heaven forbid we'd have a cast that would have two missing dogs on it. We don't want to just send out two dogs on it. And that's just to be fair to everybody sure. in the whole hunt. So then we take from our wait listed and we fill those up first. And then if once we, you know we get down to the end of it and we still have. Uh, wait listed entries left or in this case we're not going we don't have wait listed anymore our walk-ups are going to be considered our wait listed 
Uh, if we still have more uh, walk-up entries that aren't on the card yet, it's not a big deal. We'll just add, make more scorecards, make more casts to accommodate them. Just as long as we have guides available. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So, but so I would suggest, you know, it's always better to, if you know you're going to hunt, get your dog entered uh, in advance. That's right. And also save you a little money. You yep. know, and it, it, that walk-up entry fee is not about, it's not about the money. You know, if we, if we just made everything the same, there would be no incentive to enter in advance. And we have to have that. Otherwise, it creates us too, too, far too much work down there. Yep. Uh, so uh, times on Friday to Saturday have changed a little bit. So something to, to make note of, make note of if you've been to Automos multiple times, you probably get into a rhythm and, and it, you know how it goes. But we've actually changed the confirmation and walk-up entry times this year. And this is one of them that we mentioned uh, when we started this show here that there's a couple of details that are going to change. And this is one of them that folks should pay close attention to. Right Used here. to be 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., right? Mm -hmm. This year we're actually shifting that from, to 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Noon to two. Yep. Uh, it's it's going to give us a little bit more time and it's going to be easier for the hunters. You know, it, it gives them another hour there to get in there after staying up all night the night before hunting to get in there and get their entries confirmed or to get entered into the event. I think it's going to be a good change. Noon to two. And that's going to be Eastern Standard Time, local time there, noon to two. Yep. And uh, actually, cast calls always been 330 for, a, for as long as I can remember anyways. And this year it's actually shifting to four with, with this happening. Uh, we've cut down on satellite clubs. Obviously you're not traveling as far to get to the satellite club by 8 PM. It, we don't, they don't need more than four hours to get to any of our satellite clubs, mm -hmm. plenty of time. Right. Right. So, um, and, and to talk about the confirmations a little bit, um, it, I don't have it in my notes here, but it, it sparked my, it sparked me when you were talking about people get in there and getting confirmed and getting entered into the hunt. I oftentimes after we're done with that two hours, it's, it's going to be a very busy two hours. Um, and, and it won't surprise me when I get done to have, three or four text messages and, and 10 Facebook messages and some missed calls to people trying to get a hold of us to try to confirm their entry because they're not going to make it in time. It's a good point. I'm glad you're bringing it up. We're not the ones to be getting a hold of during that time. We're going to be busy helping the customers or, you know, the hunters that are there in front of us. We're going to be putting out fires as far as people moving up categories or now I can guide or now I can't guide or I'm changing, you know, uh, making changes and stuff. It's going to be a very busy two hours. Yeah, don't and do not. Good point. Do not bank on us even responding yeah. or even seeing any of your messages you put out there on social media. For us, you and I are going to be busy, busy. And even even on our personal phones, we obviously have some folks that have our personal numbers. We'd even, I'd even discourage that. Uh, but uh, there's other ways that you can if you if you uh, find yourself in a in, you know not being able to get there in time to confirm between noon and two, call a buddy, give yep. them your easy entry card of the dog that you're needing confirmed, and work with one of your friends. It, it doesn't have to be you, the handler, that comes up and confirms the dog. You can have anybody else come confirm the entry for you. If just, that's the case, that's you it, just need to be yeah. there when we call out casts, you know, but as far as confirming it, you can have your buddy do that for you. Yeah. But yeah. Don't call Trevor or me or Doug Kunda for one of the reps or anything like that. You know, I'll just flat out tell you, my phone is going to be in the back and I'm not going to see it until after the deadline. Unfortunately, yeah. and it's going to be too late then. So make sure you get in touch with somebody, uh, somebody else that's at the event who can get that done for you, as Alan said. Uh, so we're going to have four, uh, let's see, uh, four satellite clubs this year in addition to the grounds. Obviously, whenever you draw your cast, 
Uh, you're going to be one of those options. The, mo- the majority of the casts are going to be from the grounds, but there will be uh, some casts that we're sending to, to satellite clubs across the country or across Indiana there mm-hmm. in, in Western Ohio. So the Shelby County Sportsman's Club there in Shelbyville, Indiana, they've been a, a, a satellite club for Autumn Oaks for, for many years now. So probably people are familiar with probably that. since the first time we were in Richmond there. But yeah, we really appreciate the Shelby County club there in Shelbyville, Indiana. And they're going to be about, I'm going to say 45 to 50 minutes uh, from the fairgrounds. So that's what the drive will be for those guys going there. The past couple of years, 70s had a lot of road work. And I talked to Mark McWhorter, who's kind of our club contact for those guys this year. And uh, he's, he thinks that it's going to be less of an issue this year than it has in past years. I uh, kind of passed them there. So, uh, but still don't let traffic or anything like that be an issue and get into your satellite club. You got a four hour gap there after a caster called, uh, make sure you leave yourself plenty of wiggle room to get there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the second satellite club will be the Limberlost Coonhunters club in Bryan, Indiana. Uh, that's a really strong club. Uh, actually just down the road from Portland where the zones will be this year. Same club. We talked about that in a prior episode, Matt Lingo, Roger Jesusman. There's a bunch of guys there. Been a strong club for a lot of years there in that area. Uh, Van Wert County Coonhunters Club, our uh, Ohio club. We say Ohio and people kind of uh, freak out a little bit, but it's it's just as close as some of the other ones. Maybe a little bit more driving, but you're going to be getting in Coons if you go there. It is. That's just uh, Highway 70 and 27 meet right there in Richmond. In Convoys, you're going to get on 27 and go north there, and you'll it's just off a of state road to uh, Highway 27 there. I know their club uh, – Jeremy Hurst and Seth Ish is, is the guys that I talk to most often with that club, and they do a good job of wrangling up a lot of non-hunting guides with some prime hunting territory. So if you draw out to Convoy, don't be discouraged because you're going to be in Coon Country if you go there. That is the furthest one, you know, and it's uh, if if I'm if I'm the hunter, I wouldn't care at all to draw Van Wert up in Convoy. I know that's a that's a good place to go. That's a good draw. You're going to drive a little further, but as far as hunting goes, that's a great draw. All of them are, for that matter, you know, but uh, um, you can't beat Convoy. That's right. And uh, our newest satellite club, who just came on board last year, and I don't know if many people knew about it last year, uh, hoping that this year it opens up some opportunities for some more guides and and shorter drives to hunting areas, and that's the Blackford County Coon Hunters in Hartford City, Indiana. Uh, that's Chad McCoy's club, a couple, Brad Heil, a couple of those guys there in that area around Hartford City. Actually, where my little black and tan pup came from, I went down to Hartford City to pick him up. So, yeah, uh, they got some good hunting around there. Obviously, a lot of agriculture, as is the case with any of these. And if you go there, you're going to have uh, you're going to be taken care of at the clubhouse and you're going to be in cones when you go out to hunt. So that's what people are looking for at these major events. For sure. That whole area, the whole region there is is farming land, agriculture, uh, not pretty flat for the most part. You get down south to Shelbyville, you'll get into a few rolling hills, just rolling. Wouldn't call it hilly, but rolling Outside of that, you're gonna it's gonna be fairly flat. And like we said, I can't I can't emphasize it enough. Eight o'clock is the deadline to be at your satellite club. Get there, check, get in the building, check in with your master of hounds. Whether it's six o'clock or seven fifty when you get there, get in there and check in with your master of hounds, and let them know that you're there so they can get you marked. And uh, and if your whole casket's there, you have opportunity to get out a little bit sooner than the others. Yeah, because any opening remarks will be done at Autumn Oaks when we call you out or call all the casts out. And your master hounds at those satellite clubs, he won't have anything to say. Once your club or once your whole cast is there, he'll release you. So that's why it's important to make sure you go in and let the master hounds know, hey, I'm here. And that satellite club is going to be your designation for the whole night. So once you get Drew out there, you're going to go there to meet up with your cast, and then that's where you're going to turn in your card. 
So it from is. then on for the rest of that night, that's your uh, that's your hunt station. Yep. So. And just to clarify again, if you draw any one of the satellite clubs when you're done hunting, your scorecard goes back there. It does not come to Richmond. It goes back to your satellite club. And also for those that uh, may not know where these satellite clubs are, if you happen to draw them, don't worry. When we call that group going to each satellite club, we give every everybody a map, has a map on it, has directions printed out, has a contact name and number on it case you get lost and we have very very few issues with that That's right. yeah so let's get into a little bit of uh the hunt format of the event obviously grand nights are what we kind of uh obviously like to show this this is a hunt that uh is kind of geared towards awarding the top grand night champion i guess you could say and all, that's why all grand nights must hunt on friday night because of uh something that was implemented back in 2010 the mm-hmm. grand 16 um, and, and basically what it is, is all the Grand Knights are going to hunt Friday night. We're going to take the top 16 high-scoring Grand Knights, uh, top 16 high-scoring cast winners mm-hmm. from Friday night out of the Grand Knight Champion Pool and move them on to uh, Saturday to the Grand 16 portion of the hunt. Yeah, and that's that has worked so well. You know, now instead of just a score, it's just getting those, have a score good enough to get in that top 16, and from there it's going to be an elimination format from there. So if you think you're close, obviously we don't. This is an event, and we'll probably talk about it a little bit more later, where we don't publish scores until the uh, duration of the event's completed. But what we will do is have a list of who got into the Grand Sixteen available at 9 a.m. on Saturday it morning. It is nine o'clock in the morning. You'll be able to come over there in the Coolman Center. We'll have it posted there. We also generally post it on our website as well around that same time. That's right. So, um, but yeah, it'll be posted there. The, just the cutoff score. We won't have the whole, all the scores. Uh, because those Friday night scores is what they're competing for, uh, for uh, uh, their breed awards and things like that, breed association awards, high scoring males and females and such. And it's important to get to the Coleman Center that day and to to touch base with uh, either you, Alan, or I uh, and, and get the details that you need for the Grand 16. We usually try to have a, a meeting some at some time that morning into the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not only do you get information about that night's event, uh, but also you get a, a pair of uh, Yoder boots donated by Yoder. Yeah. And that's a pretty good deal. He's done that for the last four or five years. And we really appreciate that. He gives out 16 pair of boots and he'll be on site. And those, uh, everybody that's in the grand 16, they're going to go pick up their pair of boots, uh, right there on the grounds on that same day. It's a great deal. And we sure appreciate that. Uh, can't beat a good pair of boots. Um, so basically the grand 16 format a little bit, uh, you got 16 dogs advancing. You're going to cut them into four, four dog casts. They're going to go out early into a 90 minute cast. Any plus point cast winners from that first round is going to advance to the final four later, or I should say final cast later that night into another 90 minute hunt to crown the national grand night champion. And that's correct. And that's, it's within that format is where we'll also select our, uh, uh, other breed winners, national or uh, grand night champions of breed. That's right. Uh, so basically the way that those national grand night champions of breed are, are selected is going to be, uh, first considers the grand 16 score, uh, where they place that in the grand 16, whether mm-hmm. they're in the final cast, if there's not a breed represented in the final cast, it's going to be by scores in the grand 16 itself. Yeah. If your breed's not represented in the grand 16, it's going to revert to your Friday night scores. Yeah. So technically, even though you don't win a cast, let's say you have, uh, just a couple, just as an example, let's say you have two leopards in there, neither one wins their cast. Now they're still competing against each other, uh, but for a non-cast win score. Yeah, and and even and even though we don't post scores uh, from Friday night's hunt, we do post a list of cast winners. Probably not a terrible idea to get on there and see who in your like. Say you hunt a, a black and tan, 
and see how many Grand Night Champion Black and Tan winners there were. If none made it to the Grand 16, maybe reason to kind of stick around till Sunday because you got a pretty good thing, deal waiting on you on Sunday morning. Yeah, and that's you know we're talking about for special awards for like or, or for some even outside of the uh, the Grand 16, there's also special awards from the breed associations. You know, and there's you don't have to place in the event to be up for a breed award. But that's also why you want to be a member of your breed association. All of those breed associations be set up there. If you're not a member, make sure you go see them and get signed up uh, to your membership current before you go out on Friday. We'll be right back. If you're trying to contact UKC, don't wait on hold. Use the online chat feature on ukcdogs.com. So even though Grand Night Champions have uh, those words available to them and they're kind of uh, what this hunt is geared to, let's not leave the Night Champions registered out because they're also a very large part of this event. It um, is, and, and it's a big deal to win any one of their place in any one of those categories. Talking about registered or champion for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, night and, champion. And we talked about this being one hunt ran over two nights. So obviously if you're in the night champion uh, division on Friday or Saturday night, both of those, the scores from each of those nights are going to be considered when placing uh, the winners on Sunday morning. Yeah, and, you know, right here is a good spot to insert. And you can choose whichever night you want to hunt. But we can, we'll can, tell you, Friday is going to be our biggest entry by far. And to probably, if it's me knowing that, I am maybe going to hold. If I'm not hunting a grand, I may hold off to hunt till sat, wait till Saturday. Well, you've got half the cast. you got a way half better shot cast. of getting a, a better, closer hunting. hunting exactly. Hunt. Exactly. So I think that's worth mentioning. You know, and if you can hold off till Saturday, unless you're hunting a grand, there's there's some uh, there's some, some things in your – Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and on Sunday morning, we will be awarding winners from both of those categories. Uh, in our night champion division, we'll, do a, we'll award first through fifth place. And in the registered uh, category, we're going to do first through 10th place. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, man, talk a little bit about the award ceremony. That's at 9 a.m. on Sunday, and that's always an exciting time. We have our cutoff scores posted at – at uh, we try to have it ahead of time. We post it on a so social media platform, so be sure you're following the UKC Coonhounds Facebook page because we'll make it known there, uh, the website, and also we'll have it there in front of the uh, – the Coleman Center. Yeah, and around eight o'clock in the morning, we'll start posting cutoff scores and things like that, and then name off some dogs that we need in there for for placement purposes and photos and all that good stuff. And that'll happen in the Coolman Center. And you mentioned it earlier, uh, high scoring dog of association. Uh, kind of keep an eye on that and be there Sunday morning. Uh, it's it's an important award. It's it's a huge deal to win it, and uh, there'll be the associations will be there handing those awards out. So if you're in the running, come and check it out and see if you got in. Yeah. And I really like our prizes. I think we've upped it a little bit this year, and I kind of am liking the list that we have for it this year. Yeah. Well, we can uh, kind of give kudos to our our team over there who's who's putting together a lot of our uh, partnerships and sponsorships. I think it's going a long way on this, and, and we're seeing a very nice prize list this year. Um, and, boy, I was tickled to say that all hunt placements um, are going to either be taking home a, a, a dog tread telemetry system, a dog box, or a light. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, and and a few other things on top of that, but those are the 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 bigger items, and that's all the way down through tenth place and registered. That's right. And I actually compiled a list here just of some of the prizes. Obviously, I'm not going to go step by step because we're still finalizing this list, and I assume there's going to be some things added to it. But uh, just to talk about some of the the prizes that are going to be given out, obviously 
our partners, Yukonuba, is going to be giving out a pile of dog food. Mm-hmm. Um, Dogtra, they're going to be giving out uh, seven Dogtra Pathfinder Two telemetry systems. Uh, they're really new. Uh, they're really nice. From all the here. National Grand Night Champions of yep. Breed are going to go home with one of those. That's right. Uh, and this is uh, this could be a hunt or a show thing, but like we said, all placements in the hunt are going to get uh, get uh, a bulk of these awards or, or something nice to take home with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two Evans dog boxes up, uh, two Owens dog boxes, uh, two Bright Eyes lights. Obviously, the 16 pairs of Yoder boots is for the the Grand 16. 19 K lights. There, I want to give a shout out to K light. Sandra hints over there. She's from down in Texas. Uh, she does the the dual championship, does yep. that. But she really picked it up with uh, some more sponsorship stuff for us this year at Autumn Oaks, and and we appreciate that. Sure, appreciate That's, it. Uh, she stepped it up uh, big time this year for that, and and she does good with the hunters there and everything. You know, has a good reputation. Uh, she'll be there as a vendor, uh, but uh, really appreciate that. That's right. And then uh, well, there's a, a pile of certificates uh, divvied up, but the total amount nightlight. Uh, has five hundred dollars worth of certificates are given out to winners. Mule has five hundred dollars. Oki has five hundred dollars. GT's hunting supply has eight hundred dollars. And then there's a ruffling kennel to the winner of the dual championship. Yeah. Before we get into the rest of the sponsors, there I do want to back up. I misspoke when we were talking about our national grand night champions for the bench show portion. We go back, and I have one correction there. I sure uh, the way I explained it is the way it works for the world championship. So. When you go back to that, that was not correct. And I'd like the opportunity to correct ourselves. So we're talking about the grand champion portion of the bench show, how that, how those winners are selected as far as the grand night or the grand champions of breed, national grand champions of breed, and also the the overall national grand champion. So first thing is they are going to show by, by breed. So all the black and tan males, for instance, will talk about the grand champions. They're all going to show together in the first class. There'll be one grand champion male selected of breed. Okay, same thing with the females. One grand champion black and tan female. Where I misspoke was actually that male and female will then show against each other heads up. And the winner of that male or the female will now be the grand champion of breed. That's how that's selected. So at the end of, we follow that same process for all the other seven breeds. We have one a grand champion of breed and it can be a male or a female so now those seven dogs will go into the final class for the overall and one of those will be selected and it's and then the other dog that's left standing uh or the opposite sex uh we will go back and pull in all of the other uh breed winners of the opposite sex if that makes sense to select the opposite sex. to select yep. the opposite sex winner for the show makes total sense yeah yep. thanks for i that. just wanted to correct that and and even the, sh- the show looks like they have a strong uh, uh award uh list here too mm-hmm. um obviously it's not finalized yet we still got uh, about a month here before we really get into uh, finalizing some of these lists but uh i think it's a good time now we, we talked a little bit about what they uh some of the items that we have that we're giving away to winners but it's a good time to shine some light on our sponsors because Absolutely. without them an event like this isn't possible yeah and like uh like anything we always try to encourage folks to, to support those who support you and in this case we have uh several sponsors that uh, uh give us a lot of product for an event like autumn oaks obviously we talked about our partners yukonuba and dogtra mm-hmm. i sure appreciate them 
our sponsors. We got Bright Eyes Lights. Uh, Bright Eyes, Ray Conrad, he sponsors all of our youth stuff and 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 all of our events for that matter. That's right. And uh, uh, we really appreciate Ray and Bright Eyes for sure. Uh, K Lights, Sandra, who you just talked about a little bit ago. Um, Nightlight. Yep, that's the one that's been around since ever since I've been here. They've been uh, you know supported UKC in all of our events. Certainly appreciate Nightlight. Evans Custom Dog Boxes. Yep, they're uh, local here in Michigan, Three Rivers, Michigan, and uh, they've uh, their uh, uh, they their grandfather used to used to build the old. Uh, oh God, I forget what the name of that dog box company was, but they didn't. Uh, they use their own name, Evans, and uh, they make a good a good dog box. That's a company, and as is a lot of these companies, where they've really struggled recently trying to get materials with mm-hmm. uh, some of the effects from uh, the COVID. shutdowns and yep. whatnot. But uh, they've worked really hard to keep us in prizes yeah uh mule mule brand mule brand and okie dog supply that's uh, michael franklin out of oklahoma there and he's been on board for a good number of years and and uh, and and does all of our uh programs beagles coonhounds uh cur and feist everything so we really appreciate uh mr franklin with mule brand and okie dog supply uh gary Beatty with gt's feed and hunting supply yeah in tennessee we do a lot of gift certificate stuff for him that you can redeem you know with his uh with his uh supply store there so yeah i appreciate gary Beatty with gt's for sure and he'll be there at autumn oaks with a truckload of stuff to go over and, and redeem your uh coupons with them your certificates uh yoder obviously we talked about them and their sponsorship of our uh our grand 16 yeah, and they'll be on site, like we mentioned. So those guys will be able to get their boots there, but he also does some other things. Then we also have uh, Owens, Owens this year is yep. on board as well again. So yep, yeah, and and so to talk, we we mentioned vendors a little bit, but uh, obviously uh, vendors have been down a little bit the past couple of years due to some issues with uh, materials and and whatnot from the pandemic. Uh, we're still open for vendors right now. Uh, you and I no longer kind of head the. The vendor spot of it that's kind of going to a major of our major events team who obviously sets up the fairgrounds so it mm-hmm. kind of makes sense for them to to take that and and uh, you and i will be there at the grounds on wednesday when the vendors come in they'll start setting up around noon and we'll help them get set up still and everything and those vendors that have had their same spots you know year after year they'll basically have the same spots but uh we'll be there to uh get all that set up with them and and if you have any questions, always Alan and I's phones are open. Get a, get in touch with us here in the office, and we'll help you help you get all set up. We don't want you to miss out on this event. We want to see you there, uh, and we always appreciate you coming out. Huge draw for Autumn Oaks is the amount of vendors there, and uh, you, it's a one stop shop for all your dog supply needs for the year. Yeah, well, for us here in the office, it's starting already, you know, and and it's a it's a big event for us, and it's always a fun event. I feel like, and I've I've always I always enjoy it. It goes by so fast, but. Uh, we're gearing up for it already, and it's going to be here before we know it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the dog barn, it's another thing that we filled some calls on. Uh, it's first come, first serve. There's no uh, reservation or no reservations for people or in the dog barn getting your dogs tied out. First come, first serve. Yeah. That's one uh, we got to kind of keep an eye on. We do have an attendant who drives around and kind of keeps an eye on it, but police yourselves out there. Uh, use, use your common sense. Take care of your dogs. Make sure they got... Uh, they get fed when they need fed. Make sure they have water available. If it's hot, make sure they're in the shade. If it's raining, make sure they're in some place dry. Yeah, unfortunately, in this day and age, you know, we have folks that are also going to be there that are looking for bad things, just to you know, to shed some bad light on our on 
on what it is that we do, you know, and that's, that's not good, but they're not looking for those dogs that you're taking well care of. They're looking for that one dog that looks poorly. And unfortunately, you know, uh, that dog becomes the, uh, their, their model for the event, you know, and that's not what we want. So that's why we encourage you all to be aware of that and take good care of your dogs and, and this and that, but going back to the vendors, uh, they do set up on Wednesday and as soon as they're set up, they can start uh, uh, doing sales again on, uh, you know, on Wednesday already. What oh, those, there's a couple of different vendor spots. There's the enclosed vendor barn. There's some outside, there's some open sided. Those usually get opened up around 9 a.m.? No, around noon. Around noon. I think one is 11 o'clock and then another one at noon, I think. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Friday and Saturday, I guess. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that's eight o'clock in the morning. Eight o'clock. And then they usually the close yeah. around five. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, be sure you're shopping in those in those times. Don't miss out. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, with the hunt being shifted to the Coleman Center, obviously there's no kitchen anymore. Uh, so food trucks are going to be uh, parked along the main drag there, in between the two buildings, for people to to get their food at and food and drinks that they need. Um, and we're going to have some entertainment on Friday night this year. It's yeah. the you want to tell us a little bit about the entertainment that we're going to have this year. Yeah, it's um the oh, Riley Lynn band. Riley Lynn band. It's gonna we're gonna have a they're just gonna have a full five piece band with uh, with drums, everything, bass, no every, everything. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Riley Lynn is somebody I just kind of became familiar with here in the last year, and uh, matter of fact, she's a good friend of Nick Imel's. I think it's a little bit more than that, but uh, uh, most of us that hunt know Nick. He's a very successful uh uh. Uh, handler, owner, breeder, everything. He had dogs in the TOC finals this year and last year in the Grand 16. He was in the Grand 16. Uh, sure. But yeah, so uh, so this is his uh, lady friend, I guess, so to speak. So we're looking forward to. She's going to play on Friday night, starting at eight o'clock, and be in the cool in the Coolman Center. Generally, we have it in the Raper Center, but this we're going to move it over to the Coolman Center. I did see Nick's pre-entry roll in. I wonder if he's going. His cast probably going to have to sit around until after the concert so yeah. we're going to go hunting. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. One other item that I've got highlighted here that I'd like to mention is the golf cart rental. Uh, Sherry uh, Swenson is still going to take care of that. And uh, we have her phone number listed here. I guess we're supposed to announce that. 608-799-1525. Contact her. And that's another thing that uh, gets those reservations are uh, gone. They're all taken. Time sensitive. Very time sensitive. Uh, And the other place you can go on to our uh, Coonhound message boards. Yep. And on a sticky at the, towards the top, you'll see that number there as well. But make sure you contact Sherry well in advance to get your golf cart rented in time. So other uh, vehicles that are allowed and not allowed are being used side by sides. Right. Can't use the the four wheelers, no four wheelers, but side by sides are uh, allowed there, and uh, just need to carry insurance and and things like that. Have all your paperwork in order. Mm-hmm. And the last thing, of course, uh, our hunt office is going to be there, obviously. Uh, we'll be putting on the hunt. Uh, we'll have uh, folks there from our staff helping us with the show. Uh, there'll be uh, a team over in the enclosed vendor building doing the merchandise booth. And, and that'll, be, some- that'll be uh, uh, all of our all of our merchandise available over there. I mean, a large selection of it. We have well. some good stuff available yeah, now. They're doing nice a really stuff. good job that, that yep. team is putting together. Some real nice stuff. But also, we're going to have our, our registration booth uh, set up there in the Coleman Center with us, I believe. I haven't seen yeah. any changes in our layout mm-hmm. as far as that goes. And that'll be a place to you know, turn in some registration paperwork, forego uh, any post office issues that you may encounter. Uh, of course, we've talked about it uh, quite a bit in these episodes, getting your Coonhound World Hunt and Show entries in there uh, before the deadline hits 
on Sunday. And yeah. Actually, the deadline is Saturday for any yeah. RQ or uh, world hunt or show entries. So yeah, you turn those in at the registration desk. And the other thing I'll tell people is when they, the registration paperwork that they take in at Autumn Oaks and our major events, that actually gets, uh, when they bring it back, they put it ahead of the regular mail. So that's a good, a good way to do it. Turn it in there at Autumn Oaks. Yeah, they have somebody kind of focused on working on that and getting it done in a timely manner. So a good place to do it. And of course, you can renew your Cornell Bud Lines uh, subscription right there at the table as well. So they can help you out with whatever issues you have and uh, they'll be available there as long as we are. Um, and, and just one last thing that we always kind of get some, uh, some feedback at during the event is publishing winners. Of course, we'll be publishing lists of winners, but you're not going to see any scores till Sunday morning. That's to protect the integrity of the hunt. Both Friday and Saturday night are one hunt and they're considered as such. And we have to keep those uh, scores hidden until yeah. Sunday morning. So besides that, really looking forward to Autumn Oaks this year. It'll be here before we know it. And uh, we hope to see each of you there. Thanks for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and to like and follow UKC Hunting Ops on Facebook and Instagram.